From inside Memorial Stadium, this is the Huskers Radio Network Podcast. All Huskers all the time. Here's your host, Jessica Cootie. Welcome back into the Huskers Radio Network Podcast. I'm Jessica Cootie and delighted to be joined once again, making his yearly appearance in studio with us is Dr. Lawrence Chatters, the Executive Associate AD for Strategic Initiatives. Again, another familiar person behind the mic, DJ Chatters, as we like to say, too. You know, wear a lot of different hats around yes. here with the athletics department. But since you've been on, your title has changed. It was, it's now the Executive Associate AD for Strategic Initiatives. If someone's listening in, what exactly is that? <laughs> what exactly? <laughs> what are strategic initiatives? So uh, they mean different things in different departments. But here at Nebraska in the athletic department, I get a chance to oversee our strategic plan. We have a strategic plan. It's available online. If anyone wants to go look at it, it's called Cornhusker Futures. Um, it's actually how Nebraska athletics is going to take on essentially the next five years. It started back in 2022. So it was kind of like a five-year strategic plan. Um, I oversee that. So when I say I oversee that, I mean that I work with every department head to make sure that they're making progress on the specific objectives that were outlined in that strategic plan. I monitor it and I help with implementation as well. So I really kind of sitting at a pretty high point and get a chance to look across the department and figure out ways that we can be more efficient as well in that process. Um, the other thing that's involved in strategic initiatives in Nebraska athletics is our human resource component. And so I help with human resources here, including helping to build a positive culture in our department, uh, making sure that working in Nebraska athletics is amazing and fun and uh, really providing people with opportunities to grow through professional and leadership development. So um, that's really kind of a combination of what comes with strategic initiatives. Uh, also making sure that our department is inclusively excellent. That's another part of my role that's continued since my previous role as well. Just making sure that everybody that's here feels like they belong here and um, giving the opportunity to even fans to have access to our department from an equity-minded perspective uh, so that there's no barriers to keep people out of Husker Nation. So this is, you're coming up on two years, right? Yes. When was the date, the start date? So start date was August 2nd of 2021. Okay, so you just celebrated your two years yes. then. Yes. How do you feel about the progress that's made in when you were hired? And, and I know, again, you, you work very closely with Trav Alberts, but from in the two years that you've been here, how do you feel like what, what you've got accomplished in your role? Well, that's, man, I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know you were going to ask that question. Um, you know, I am... I'm really very proud and humbled by uh, the things that we've been able to accomplish as a department. What I would say is that when I got here, there was already a lot of work that had been done specifically in the area of diversity, equity, and inclusion um, by a previous um, guy, Dewan Baker, who was here. But when I got here, I got a chance to really take a very critical look at what was happening in our department, expand those opportunities, um, and also, you know, create unique I guess you could just say uh, programs to help give more access to Husker Nation uh, for people that you know struggle financially, people that have other barriers, limitations. We created a program across our department that really focuses in on leadership development, um, and those are things that people can go to, you know, on a monthly basis so that they can continue growing. Uh, when I first came on the show, I know I talked about you know, the importance of good soil, you know, kind of gave a, a farmer analogy in that, you know, if you have really good soil, there's a lot of different things that can grow in that soil. And that's what we want Nebraska athletics always to be, especially for our student athletes, uh, but also, of course, for our staff and our fans. We want this to be a space where people can grow. And I think I've really helped to cultivate that to continue with that farming theme. Um, I've helped to cultivate 
a space where, you know, people can really grow and people can develop. And, you know, I've tried to also help with the modernization of our department. So taking some of our processes before that were on paper and taking those things into the, digi the digital age. And so I've really helped with our performance evaluation component in doing that. Um, and then also just being a thinker, you know, and being a person who can critically analyze things in our department and try to help come up with solutions for some of the problems that we're experiencing right now in collegiate athletics. There's a lot of change that's happening, yeah. right? And so um, I get a chance to sit within that executive space and really help think about how we can continue to be competitive. And of course, our strategic plan is at the forefront of that. So I feel like, you know, it has been a really good positive two years. And um, when I think back on it, I just think, man, I have been so busy. I've done a little bit of everything. I've been out in the community. Um, I've brought numerous youth into our department for tours and things like that. I've connected with people across our state in so many positive ways. And what I continue to return to is this idea that Nebraska athletics is something very special to our state and it represents hope um, and it also represents you know in my opinion it represents this idea that we can all cheer for the same team and that's right at the center of everything that i love to do which is bringing people together so uh, nebraska athletics is the glue of our state in that way and i've just totally enjoyed learning more about it and then helping to spread the word to other people you mentioned something too. I mean, you do work very closely with the student athletes and teams, but one of the things that um, I think is really neat that seems to be a big hit within the staff, which you just hit on about working with the staff, is the lunch and learn. And you have, you know, monthly sessions or where you bring in different kinds of speakers. I mean, you all across the board of of people that have gone through. I mean. I'm trying to think you had uh, Karina LeBlanc, right? And yes. um, we've had Special Olympians. I mean, just all a lot of different people from a lot of different walks that have come in to speak to the staff that people I know take a lot away from. Tell me about that and where that came from and, and how you find your speakers and all of that. Yeah, so our Lunch and Learns, those are definitely something that uh, we try to do at least once a month. Uh, sometimes there's a connection to the month um, from a cultural perspective. So during Women's History Month, we might seek out a woman to come and talk about her experience, different things like that. But those lunch and learns are really opportunities because we're so busy in athletics to actually bring new innovative ideas into our space and allow people to, during their workday, sit down and learn something new. As a matter of fact, um, just came from one of those. We have something called uh, the Husker Emerging Fellowship of Leaders uh, here. And um, so I was just on a panel. Uh, I actually participated in one of those Lunch and Learns before this to talk about leadership and management um, ideas and different things like that. And so what I see is I see an opportunity internally for our staff, our professional staff, our coaches, everyone to plug in and learn something and really take something away from that. Uh, and it's, it's really awesome because there's a lot of people in the community who just would really give anything to be able to come in and talk to the people that work in this department. So it's kind of easy to find people to speak because they love to share their perspective with people who are competitive and high level um, folks. And so um, one of my favorites, you mentioned it, was having uh, Wyatt Spaulding come in and talk to us about his journey. That was so touching to me because he is such a competitor and he's an amazing athlete and he competes uh, in Special Olympics and tennis and basketball and I've seen him in action. And he is just absolutely committed to competition. And when he came in and shared his story, the fact that, you know, he almost didn't make it when he was born and all of these different types of things, and now he's here sharing a story with us, it was just so impactful, right? And I walked away from that, not only feeling humble to have heard his story, but feeling inspired that I need to see 
everybody as having the opportunity to compete. And I need to expand my viewpoint of what an athlete is, right? And I think that's what these lunch and learns do. They stretch our thought process so that we can try to see things more openly and try to think of things differently. And that's, that's always been my objective. It's just to bring a different perspective into our department so our staff can learn and they can expand their view of the world. So you've a couple different times mentioned the strategic plan and you can go online and, and read that, but I know it's been really important to Trev Alberts. Take me through the process from start to finish of how you guys developed that strategic plan. And I'm sure a lot of uh, tears, blood, sweat and tears went into developing that thing. So the process of the strategic plan, you know, yeah, you could say blood, sweat, and tears, <laughs> um, but it was really a very intentional process. So mm -hmm. we worked with a company uh, that actually helped us move through that process of bringing stakeholders together across all departments um, to think critically about what does the future of collegiate athletics look like? What are some areas that we need to continue striving in and, and, and thriving in to make sure that Nebraska athletics stays at the forefront of things? And so we had some listening sessions. We had a giant group of folks that got together from across departments and we split up into different groups. And then we really took that opportunity to come up with some of these specific objectives and some of the uh, key performance indicators that you know would indicate, hey, you're making progress in this area. So we looked at metrics, then we had to come up with the timeline of how uh, we would go about doing some of these things. And after we did all of that, we were able to work with this company. We sent that information to them. They put it all into a matrix uh, that they sent back to us. And then we reviewed it on a number of different occasions. Uh, just to try to really perfect kind of, you know, what it looks like and making sure that even if things had changed since we started that process, because it took us, I think, probably about six months to do the whole thing. And then when we finalized it, then we, we created the internal version, which I get to see, which is a bit messy because I continue to go in and look at what's completed, what's in progress, and what's in development. Uh, but then we have the really fancy one that's online that people can go and see that's a little less, it has a little less information on it as far as, like, how the sausage is being made on the back end. But, yeah. It's one thing to just set a plan in place, but but like you mentioned, I mean, we just have a bunch of conference realignments and adding new teams, and it's just constantly changing. So yes. I guess that's important too, right? Is to be able to evolve that strategic plan as you guys see fit. Absolutely. So the way I see it, it's a living, breathing document. So there have been some additions, there have been some changes that we've had to make to it because, again, things are changing, and so. Um, whenever I sit down with all the department heads and we talk about the progress that's been made or if they want to add anything or take anything out, uh, because things change in that way as well, um, we are updating it consistently. And so that's that really kind of messy version that I have, the master plan. Um, but again, we're just monitoring it. We're making sure that people are doing what they said they were going to do. And that's something that's really important to Trev. He said, I don't want this to just be collecting dust somewhere. He's like, I want this to be a document that really is in a dashboard form where we can see what's happening. And so at most of our all staffs, I'll update our staff on, this is the percentage of this that's complete. This is the percentage that's in development. This is some of the stuff that, you know, is in progress. And that's the way I look at it. It's kind of a red, yellow, green, um, you know, perspective. Is it, and again, there, I know there's a lot of different goals and um, initiatives that involve in this, but is it something to give something attainable that we see that you need to make sure that we're hitting these goals so that we're constantly improving? Is that kind of at the core of it, what the purpose so, is? That's a great question. So it actually 
it consists of goals that are like that, but then it also consists of things that we just need to keep doing well, mm -hmm. right? So I'll give you an example. I just met with uh, Dennis LeBlanc. He oversees all of our academics here, right? So a lot of his um, specific components that he put forth in the strategic plan were things that we're already doing, but they're things we have to keep doing well to stay at the forefront. Mm -hmm. um, so he would you know, put something on there like uh, maintain being the leader in academic All-Americans, right? Uh, because they have changed that process of how people can become academic All-Americans, that might not be something we can, con we can continue because, you know, there might be some additional criteria that qualify people to be academic All-Americans. We've talked a little bit about that, so we might have to update that, right? Um, but I think there's other parts of it that are just really stretch goals, like create, you know, a very comprehensive view of how things will look when we're using data analytics to analyze everything, and we'd have a whole department built out to do that. That's more aspirational, but again, it's something that maybe we need to be stretching ourselves toward, right? But it's a much bigger goal. So there's the stuff we need to keep doing to stay where we are, but then there's also those things we need to do to get ahead. As we're hearing the construction in the background, uh, by the way, this kind of what happens when your studio is next door to the new building. But yes. I'm assuming the new building is involved in the strategic plan, right? Absolutely. So <laughs> we talk in the strategic plan about needing to bring on additional staff to to cover some of our new facilities, capital projects, what that process of creating capital projects looks like. Um, I mean, it's all a part of our plan. And again, some things, uh, they don't necessarily have to be a part of that strategic plan because they are things that we do day to day. Uh, but the bigger things like the Go Big project is definitely a part of that, bringing that online, um, you know, making sure that it's a world-class facility for our student athletes and staff. Well, I mentioned at the top, you do a lot of different things, wear a lot of different hats, and you were recently able to go with the second annual Big Life Series to Selma to Montgomery, the educational experience. We had Marquita Armstead, a, few, a couple student athletes that came on and, and spoke about that last year and just talked about how life-changing it was yes. to get to go. You were able to attend this year as a part of the Big Ten Conference and, and that initiative that they do. How was it? I think life-changing is, is an accurate depiction of what it was like for me. Um, you know, I, I really think that, you know, growing up in the household I did with both of my parents being pretty, you know, um, just locked in on this idea of how important cultural identity development is. Um, you know, I learned about all the things that I think a lot of other folks learn about, you know, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, you know, all these different types of things. Um, but I'd never really been down into the South to see where some of these civil rights, um, you know, freedom battles were fought, essentially. And to go down to Montgomery um, and Selma and see, actually walk in the footsteps of the people who crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge and were fighting for voting rights and things like that, uh, it really was life-changing for me. Um, it just was really humbling because when you, when you see what the people before you had to fight for um, in order for us to have our rights to vote in this day and age and not have to deal with some of the challenges they dealt with from a civil rights perspective, it humbles you and it makes you feel uh, just grateful um, that we have made uh, so much progress in our country. And at the same time, it was a bit traumatic too because there were some things that uh, we had a chance to see, the Equal Justice Institute, um, some of these different places that really, uh, they, they kind of, they just bring back front and center from an experience perspective some of the previous things that happened in our country that were really problematic and traumatic. And so that kind of awakens the spirit in the way that, you know, you're just, again, grateful uh, that you're living in this day and age, uh, but also you recognize the strength of the people who experience those things and pave the way uh, for us to be where we are today. And so 
not only did I experience that, but we had four student athletes that were on the trip and another person from our sports psychology department who went along. And I think we can all uh, agree that it was a very moving, inspiring, motivating trip because it just made us, you know, uh, acknowledge that we have made a significant amount of progress. Um, but it was tough. When they came on last year and talked about it, I, I thought it was fascinating how they had different major takeaways that maybe that hit them differently that were the most impactful. So what was maybe the most impactful thing for you? Uh, let's see. Um, you know, I think the most impactful thing for me was there was a speaker who came in and talked about um, her experience of being a part of the march. And she was a little girl and she talked about um, being close with Martin Luther King Jr. and how he allowed her to be involved in the movement in that she was young, she didn't necessarily know exactly what was going on, but how every time she would see those leaders meeting that he would allow her to be a part of that and how important that made her feel. And as she looks back on it, she was just happy to have gotten to know him. To know somebody in this day and age who came and spoke to us who, you know, connected with Martin Luther King Jr. and would have not only connected with him, but seen all the things that happened to him after that. So I have a dream speech and, and then him, you know, unfortunately being assassinated and just the pain that the country felt from that and to see that in her, that was really impactful for me. And, you know, I just don't know uh, outside of some folks that we do have here in the Lincoln area who would have, um, known Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. It's just always so neat to connect with somebody who actually had a connection and a very close connection with somebody who's such an epic figure in our society, you know? And so that was really impactful for me to hear her journey. Um, and uh, yeah, that was very impactful for me. You know, each athletics department within the conference, I'm sure has different initiatives. And we've talked about some of the things that are being done here, but how important is it as a conference, as a big 10 to do something like this, to keep this going? Yeah. You know, I think if you actually get a chance to go and be in some of those spaces and see the history and understand all the complications of the times, um, it really serves as a warning for us, I think. Um, and just because, you know, we have our divisions in our country or whatever the case might be. But um, the fact that we were able as a country to navigate such a difficult time um, and get through it. And yes, there was blood and tears and everything that came along with that struggle. But the fact that our country somehow withstood that, I think always gives me hope. And I think it gives everybody else on the trip from across the conference hope that you know, we can continue to make progress in our country because our country is amazing. I mean, we've made it through some very dark times. And so for me, it really serves as that hope generator on a yearly basis and a reminder of you know, essentially where we've come from and where we can be because we get the, the, the blessing of living in the present. Um, I think it's a very important trip. I wish more people would go. I wish more people who haven't necessarily been down to some of these really important places in the history of our country would see that and they would um, be open to acknowledging the challenge that comes with looking back at some of those things and, and recognizing also that we have been able to move quite a bit in our society forward. But I think it's an important trip. Um, you know, I won't go this next year because I would hope that somebody else from our staff could go and somebody else could go and have that experience, you know, and be with the student athletes as they have that experience too. Cause that's the really beautiful thing to see too, is that 
you know, a lot of these student athletes, they're younger, um, you know, between 18 and 22 right now. So they didn't even grow up in the same kind of world as I did uh, in that, you know, I mean, they've heard about these things. They've heard about these people in history. Those folks are still, you know, a generation away or two from them. Uh, but they have the same experience that I had, you know, which is really this inspired feeling, but also kind of like a traumatic, like, wow, you know, I cannot believe people treated each other that way. But fortunately, we've been able to get past that. And now we're, you know, moving in a better direction. Powerful stuff. You have a new assistant that Husker fans know well. Yes. Maya Felder and she, her office, I've talked about it on the show a little bit. Her office is right next to mine. It's been great to see her up in the building and staying around Lincoln. Yes. So uh, what people don't know is like, I think probably it must have been maybe the first week that Maya got to Lincoln. Coach Ravel introduced her to me. And right away I saw, gosh, you know, this, this new softball student athlete, recent graduate of Oregon, of course, is just absolutely motivated. Like she wants all the information. She wants to know how she can get involved. And so right away, I started to provide some mentorship for Maya and, you know, uh, just wanted to try to help her find her way while she was here in Lincoln. And very fortunately, after graduating again, Doctor, uh, Doctor Phil, yeah, right? now, now she's in her PhD program. <laughs> uh, now she also carries the title of McClendon leadership intern. And so uh, or fellow, sorry. So she is in a program from the McClendon Foundation that provides student athletes an opportunity to get experience in administration if they're interested in going into athletic administration. And so she's a part of that program. She'll get some other leadership components that come with that. But uh, yeah, so every time I get a chance to, we, she'll give students a tour and I say, Maya, make sure you tell them, you know, a little bit about your background, three schools, you know, I mean, just amazing softball player, even more amazing person. And so it's awesome. I get a chance to work with her. How important is it to provide those kinds of opportunities for Husker student athletes that are looking maybe to get into leadership eventually? You know, to me, that is that next step. That is the, you know, okay, so you've played this, 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 you know, sport your entire life. It's a major part of your identity. How do you turn everything that you put into that into keeping you moving in a very upward trajectory, gaining leadership skills, getting career, you know, skills and different things like that. And I mean, we have a number of opportunities and, and ways that we can do that through internships here in Husker Athletics. But honestly, I mean, to me, that's that next piece. Um, you know, the NCAA offers some opportunities, the Big Ten offers some opportunities, but we're very fortunate to be able to have some opportunities that our Huskers can take advantage of here. And it's so great to see them make that transition from you know all the time and effort they put into their sport and then turning that to building themselves professionally and so you know it's extremely important to have those opportunities another thing you're really passionate about that's really grown over the last couple of years is the red carpet experience and yes. i've been fortunate enough to get to see stand on the sidelines and see just the the pure joy of some of these kids that are getting to experience going to a football game or a sporting event for the very first time. How have you loved and enjoyed the progress and how much people have embraced that over the last couple of years? So that's, that's definitely something that, uh, you know, it just, for me, Husker Athletics is just, it's such a beacon of hope for people in the state. And not only for becoming elite athletes or just getting together, but just the hope of how an education can change a person's life. And that's really how we've expanded the red carpet experience. So it just started out with a ticket to a game, you know, and you see the kids come in for a game. But what it's expanded to is we've invited some of those same kids back to campus. We give them a tour of the facilities. And then we have student athletes come in and talk to them about not only athletics, but academics. And we 
help them understand that this university is a place that they can also attend. Um, we've expanded it to different sports. This last year, one of the new sports we added was uh, wrestling. So we had some of our first students come to a wrestling match through the red carpet experience. But it is just, I don't know, to me, that's like, that's one of the best things that Nebraska does. I think just to give people the opportunity without the barrier of the financial side of buying a ticket, especially to our sold out stadium, right? I mean, it's awesome to be able to say anyone can have that opportunity. And that's really meaningful to me. That's what equity is. It's like, hey, somehow you're going to get here. Somehow you're going to figure out a way to get into this stadium. And somehow you're going to figure out a way to go to this university. And so it's, it's one of the most important things I think we get a chance to do every year. Any changes this year? Any additions? So, you know, from a, from a change perspective last year, I think we probably made the biggest changes um, as far as adding some new sports. Mm -hmm. uh, this year, what I will say, which is really awesome, is that um, not only do we have red and white scrimmage red carpet experience tickets available, but we also have tickets available to Volleyball Day in Nebraska. So uh, awesome. that's, that's, you know, again, that's going to be a historic day. I think we're going to break some Guinness World Records that day. And, um, you know, anybody can be a part of it. So we've already extended that opportunity to some folks in the community. I think right now we're sitting at about 145 tickets of red carpet experience people who will be at Volleyball Day in Nebraska. So we are not stopping it at things that, you know, uh, are sold out. We're trying to continue offering opportunities for people to go to those events too. You got to think for a little girl to be able to be in the stands for an event like that, that has a chance to break, well, not only a national record, but a, a world record for attendance for a women's sport. How important that is for a young little girl to see that, to see what is capable. Absolutely. So, having two daughters myself, um, what I can tell you is that, you know, I've seen athletics really change their lives and help them build confidence and just really strengthen their identity as, as young women and girls. And um, that is so important for us to be able to do that, for us to be able to offer hope through athletics, um, help people gain confidence and just, you know, that having that assurance that they are capable, that they deserve to be and belong on the same stage as other people. Um, and I think that's what Volleyball Day in Nebraska is really gonna do. It is a representation of just the power of athletics, but also the love that this state has for, for all of our student athletes. And so I think it's gonna be neat. It's gonna be a neat thing to be a part of and it's, it's historical. Absolutely. Okay, if, if people are listening and wanna get involved with the red carpet experience, remind us again where, where to go. Okay, so if they want to get involved, they can go to um, huskers.com backslash red carpet. Uh, they can always email us at redcarpet at huskers.com. Um, and that's if they'd like to participate. If they'd like to make donations to it, they could always check with our uh, Husker Athletic Fund. They were, we're always looking for additional people to, you know, provide, help provide opportunities for people to attend sports here free of charge. Um, and, you know, just making recommendations for people that they know uh, that might need the support, telling them to go to that website and, and just request tickets. I mean, it's that easy. Because you've had folks from all across the state, all different kinds of organizations. I mean, it is, uh, you guys are opening arms to, to everybody across the state. Absolutely. We have, we've had a very, very diverse group of people apply for tickets through the red carpet experience. And that's one of the things I love, you know, is even we've had some folks come in from out of state who heard about the opportunity and came in from Kansas to bring their kids to the red carpet experience. And we hope, and I want all Huskers to know across the country. Um, of course, if you can drive here, it's a lot easier, but this is open for all of our Husker fans. And 
Uh, it's just it's just been amazing to be a part of it, and I think it's something really special uh, that Nebraska does. Dr. Chatters, uh, as always, uh, I think did we hit hit on everything? Did we get everything covered? Did we miss anything? I think so. I think uh, you know, I just I just want um, our Husker fans to know that we're working hard here and we're doing everything that we can to make sure that you know uh, we continue the wonderful legacy uh, that has been here before us. Uh, and you know, as one of the folks that gets a chance to be a part of our leadership team here. Um, nothing's more important to us than just making sure that our fans recognize that this is their department, that this is something that we hope brings pride to them and to our entire state. And we're just so proud to have that responsibility and the opportunity to serve the people of Nebraska. Ready for another year? Because uh, people, a lot of times people say it starts in January. No, for us, it kind of gets started July, August. Listen, tonight there's a soccer match, right? <laughs> Our first competition. So I am absolutely ready for this year. I'm fired up. I think we're going to have one of the best years ever. And um, just so incredibly happy to have the support of the people um, across our country that are Husker fans. So we are ready to go this year. Let's hope for great seasons for every single one of our student athletes and coaches. And I think it's going to be amazing. Dr. Lawrence Chatters, as always, it's a pleasure to have you in the studio. Come back anytime. Thank you. And make sure you subscribe and like wherever you listen to never miss an episode right here on the Hoskers Radio Network podcast. Thanks so much for listening.